This is the Advanced Selling Podcast. The aim of this podcast is to help business sales teams grow their business with modern strategies and philosophies. Now, your hosts, Bill Kasky and Brian Neal. So, Coach, you, you have uh, several stars, but you have a superstar that you've coached for a few years, Tamika Catchings. Uh, as, a, as an inspiring leader, uh, how do you handle maybe someone who is a superstar, who, who's maybe, I'm not suggesting it's about Tamika, but generally superstars have, can have big egos and they can want a little preferential treatment. How do you as a leader cope with that? Definitely Tamika is a superstar. You know, she's one of the, the great players of our game and she's one of the great uh, female athletes of all sports. You know, she just picked up her third gold medal um, in the London Olympics. Uh, the unique thing about Tamika, and I've coached in 42 years a lot of players, and I've only come across maybe one or two people quite like her, and it's that relentless, relentless pursuit of excellence. She hates to lose. Mm. She has a tremendous, tremendous work ethic. Um, and she pushes her teammates as far as she can. Hmm. And I think the real challenge with, with an athlete like her um, that is such a high achiever is that she can rub people the wrong way because she's so relentless. Never satisfied, never good enough. Um, and if anything, you know, I have to, I have to encourage in her to s- slow down, take a break, yeah. back off, calm down. Uh, because that's who she is. It's part of her. And if you know her background, she overcame a very serious hearing defect when she was little. Mm -hmm. And so that perseverance, that overcoming adversity, that fighter mentality is just ingrained in her. And... uh, uh, but you wouldn't want her any other way. I mean, yeah. the work ethic, you know, I love the fact, okay, you've worked enough, let's take a break. <laughs> you know, how often do you say yeah. that? Yeah. You Bill know. says it to me all the time. <laughs> In fact, I call her to me uh, sometimes. You know, and the other thing uh, that, that I really like about working with professional athletes is the interaction. You know, like I want to know what they think. I want to know their ideas, you know, what their suggestions. And so there's that give and take dialogue. You know, well, Coach, I think we ought to do it. And they know I want that. What do you think about that? And I may agree or may not agree. And there may be some times where we butt heads because she's got one idea and she's, you know, played for 13 years. I've got another idea. And so, we, you know, we have that discourse. And you've coached for 40 years. <laughs> right. But that doesn't mean that doesn't I, mean I know everything. No, you know, and so I'm open to that. And I like that. I, you know, I love in a timeout to say, well, what do you guys want to do? You know, we need to change our two-man defense. What, what, which, what do you want to use? Yeah. Where I wouldn't think of doing that in college because if I ask them, they'd just look at me and go, well, I don't know. <laughs> you know? So um, I like that dealing with adults yeah. and working mm-hmm. with adults. But uh, – I love coaching players that have her mentality that can't stand to lose. It will, the game's over and they're going to go come back after yeah. they shower and shoot some more free throws yeah. or I missed this. I've got to fix that. You know, they're always. You're having to pull her back as, rather than I'm push her to, forward. Especially yeah. as she ages. You know, to, uh, Tamika's now in her 30s and her body's, you know, she's had some knee surgeries. Yeah. She's had some foot surgeries. And so she's had to learn, and she has. She's had to learn how to save her body because she has beaten it up so much through the years. And so she's learned that, and and I think she's learned now in in some ways 
uh, less is better. Yeah, maybe she's better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think she's learned how to uh, protect her body more and take a break and step out. And she doesn't have to be out there for every rep. You know, yeah. She doesn't have to try to do everything. You know, yeah. And that, that's probably been good for her. Can we talk about inspirational leadership? And, and you started it by talking about that. I've got a question. Um, part of what you just described where we call a timeout and, we, and I say to them, what do you think, is very inspirational because it allows them to have a place in the outcome and a place in the architecture of the play. Uh, talk a little bit about just generally your feelings about what, what causes a leader to be inspiring, maybe some secrets or lessons you've learned, maybe some activities that you do that create that that aura where people will run through walls for you because i do think that's what you have there well you know that's an interesting question i do think the more your players or your people that you work with are invested in what you're doing it's almost like if they have some ownership in it you know they're part of it uh, that they're more connected in what's going on what they're doing has more value and i and i think it's important to involve people, to get people invested in what's going on. Uh, in particular with my assistants, it's very important to me to give them ownership. It's important to me to give my C- uh, veteran players, you know, the ones that have been there eight, nine, ten years, you know, give them some responsibilities about take care of that player, take care of this. You, okay, you've got to make sure we're doing this. And so share their responsibility. And then they're invested in what we're doing. They're involved. They're invested. Um, they have value. Uh, and I think when you have a team of any type team that feels that way, then they become inspired. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Who is yeah, your totally mentor right. or some of your mentors? Well, that's a great question. Um, back in the 60s when I was playing high school basketball, there, there just was very few female role models in basketball. So I looked to other sports. And, and of course, Billie Jean King in tennis would be one. Um that comes to mind immediately, not only because of her ability to play at such a high level, but, you know, she was so involved in social change and fighting for equal pay and, you know, the Bobby Riggs battle of the sexes. So she was a tremendous role model for me, female role model. Um, I also had some male role models. Bobby Knight and and John Wooden and and Dean Smith um, would would definitely be role models uh, and all unique and different. Yeah. Three great coaches, but all different in totally, their leadership totally styles, yeah. their personalities, and uh, loved going to their clinics, reading their books. Um, um, you know, and then I, I've, I've always used great women, you know, Eleanor Roosevelt, uh, Madeleine Albright, Margaret Thatcher, um, Hillary Clinton, uh, mm-hmm. any strong women, powerful mm-hmm. women, smart women um, are tr- tremendous role models yeah, for me. Yeah. When I was watching the game, I don't know if I think it was a well, it was a championship game. It was about two minutes to go in the game, and they mic they had mic'd you or mic the huddle. And one of the things I was most impressed with, and, and this kind of gets back to one of Phil Jackson's uh, <clears throat> thoughts of chop wood and carry water. Don't get too far ahead of yourself. Just do the next right thing. And uh, you did that. And and when they came back to the huddle, you guys were up, I think, eight or nine points. It was kind of that breaking point where it was obvious that unless you guys really screwed it up, you were going to win. And I expected everybody to say, okay, man, all we got to do is hold on here for two, for a minute. Man, we're going to win the championship. There was none of that. It was, okay, next time down the floor, we're going to run this offense. We're going to do, you're going to do the pick. And it was very tactical. Um, 
I'm sure that was this all planned because that's just the way you coach. But talk a little bit about how you, you don't want to get too far ahead of yourself because that's when you start to not playing not to win or playing not to lose. Well, yeah, and you have to understand an eight nine point game and with two minutes left is nothing with a three point shot. True. I mean, True. in in a matter of seconds, you can be tied. Yeah. So you have to play every possession as if it's gold. Every possession. It wasn't, I think there was, what, 10 seconds left on the clock when we went to the free throw line where I really thought, okay, we're going to win this game. Yeah. But not, not until then. Yeah. Uh, be, because you're going against a worthy, worthy opponent, the defending champion, yeah. and they will never quit playing. They will never stop trying to find a way to win. So you have to stay in the moment. Stay in it, yeah. You have to stay in that moment. Each possession, each moment is, is gold. Yeah. That's good because I think a lot of times in sales, we coach people, and, and whenever I hear a salesperson says, oh, we got this one in the bag, it's a no-brainer, I know that it's almost over. They might as well call the customer and say, I'm bowing out because I ain't going to win it because you just told me. So it's that philosophy of winging it and saying, okay, well, I think we're going to get this one, so we're going to move on. It's just so inspiring. Can't, can't, can't do let it. that happen. Yeah, yeah. So what do you wish you would have learned sooner or known sooner? Wow. In life or in coaching? Or well, both? I think looking back in the 42 years that I've coached, I wish in the beginning I'd been more patient. I think I coached more like Bobby Knight in the beginning. He did all right. Though. He did all right, but, I, <laughs> but he was that my way or the highway approach. And I have tremendous respect for Bobby Knight. I mean, he is one of the great coaches there will ever be. But his personality was abusive at times, abrasive at times. And I think I was very demanding and harsh probably at a period of time where I might could have gotten a little more with honey instead of vinegar. <laughs> and uh, so I learned, and I learned to be more patient. And I've learned through the years to listen. We've been hearing a lot lately about multi-generational leadership and how it's challenging when you've got, inside a company, for example, when you've got people of a certain generation managing either people that are much older or much younger than them. Mm -hmm. Does that come into play with you and, and your team? Or? I think so, because I have a mixture. My oldest player this year was 35. My youngest player was 21. Wow. And so there's a difference. It's a different generation, yeah, really, it's a 15 different, years. Different generations, yeah. uh, different personality styles. Um, uh, and then, of course, I've got my assistant. One assistant um, that worked for me was uh, in her early 50s. Uh, the, early, uh, the other assistant was in her early 30s. So there was two more situations where they were d different yeah, generations definitely. and came from different backgrounds. And, and I do think that's challenging. But I do think when you all are on the same page as far as your values, your goals, and your plan, both players and, and, and staff, then it's easier yeah. to work together. Mm -hmm. It's when you're not on the same page that some of those generational things yeah. may come up. Yeah, because even different generations still have some universal human principles that they live by, which is get, get me involved in the decisions and help me be the architect of this and listen to me. I mean, those mm -hmm. things don't really right. vary much. Yeah, and, I, and I'm a great believer in repetition. Do it over and do it again and do it again and do it again, and this is how we get better. Yeah. Uh, of course, it's very important that I'm doing it correctly as I'm doing my repetitions because I have watched some young coaches, and they, they're into repetition. They get that getting better and, and those 
the repetition becomes habits. But if you're doing it incorrectly, then that's not smart. Mm -hmm. And so I think that repetition, you know, that kind of everybody's bought into how we're going to do this uh, helps with the different. Okay, if you're 36 or if you're 21, this is how we do it. Yeah. They understand that. It's when they don't understand how we do it. What do you, what do you mean? What are you talking yeah. about? Mm-hmm. You know, that they're clear. And that sometimes that goes back to your goals and your plan, yeah. and, you know, and your clarity. clarity. Yeah, so true. We've been talking yeah. a lot about clarity yeah. with our clients lately because they have these big goals, but nobody understands how we got there, how we plan to get there, exactly what Absolutely. Exactly and, that. you know, and, and, and that, that, that made me think of something when you said that. Don't always assume that what you said is what they heard. You know, I, it comes back to me sometimes with players. What do you do? Well, Coach, I thought you said, I said, that's not what I said. Well, I thought you meant, you know, and what I knew exactly what I said and wanted, but she heard something else. Yeah. And so there was not a clear understanding of what we were trying to do. And that's when we got out of whack. Well, I thought you meant, no, no, that's not what I meant. Yeah. Well, that's what you said, you know. <laughs> it's like marriage, too. Yeah, Jeez. well, yeah. <laughs> question about you personally and how you improve yourself because you don't stay uh, in the business you're in because uh, it's a it's it can be a short-term business coaching uh, for as long as you have without you improving yourself how do you how do you look at that and what where do you learn from is it clinics and books and cds or is it more just observing how do you learn how do you improve well this is gosh one of my favorite sayings uh, well we've been over success is never accidental but when you're through learning you're through yeah and I have learned so much in the last five years, growing my knowledge of the professional game. I learn from other pro coaches in the WNBA. I watch the NBA games. I go and watch the Pacers practice. Uh, I go and watch college teams practice. I read books. I watch films. Hmm. Um, I'm, you know, one of the things people have to understand is when you see something you really like that's really good, then copy it. <laughs> That's true. It's not illegal. It's not immoral. It's not unethical. It's not like stealing a patent. But if you hear somebody give a presentation, you say, I love the way they gave that presentation. Mm -hmm. Man, I'm going to try that. Instead of trying to go over there in a corner and create something that's already been created. Look around. See what's going on. Follow the people that you respect. I learned a great deal uh, when Bill Lambeer, you know, the big, the bad sure. boy from the Detroit Pistons, was in our league, coached in the WNBA for several years. I love the things he did uh, coaching his team, and so I picked up some of that stuff. Anytime you can learn from others, do it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's a great lesson. So I think sometimes people feel like that's it doesn't mean as much if you take it from someone else. You know, like if you didn't recreate it or come up with it, I agree with you. Life's hard enough. If well, it's yeah. already good. Yeah, <laughs> you can put your own touch you, on use it. Use your time to doing something else. Right. You know, if it's you don't have to reinvent the wheel, it's already there. Right. You know, exactly. figure out how to use it and, yeah. and use it to to how it fits your style. Right. Uh, and then be creative. You know, I, I may see a play that some coach runs, and then I'll tweak it just a little bit to fit my personnel, yeah. my strategy, yeah. how I want to do it. Right. Yeah. Good. Yeah, good. Have one sure one last question. So going into this next year, how will you coach a world championship team, or will you differently than a team that's going for their first world championship? Well, that's a great question because this is our first ever WNBA championship. It's the first one for me. So to be honest with you, I will be moving into um, 
a situation that I've never experienced. And so the first thing I thought about, because I have thought about this, is talking to some of my colleagues that have done what we just did for the first time. Um, I'm going to draw on Pat Summit. You know, she's won eight uh, world championships uh, at Tennessee. Um, I'm going to talk to some of the other WNBA uh, coaches that won a WNBA championship. What was it like that after you won that first one? You know, how did you how did you figure out how to win a second one? If there's somebody, but I'm going to find out. I'm not going to figure. I'm not going to try to invent it. I'm going to talk to those people that have done it. And, and get some feedback from them and reach out to them. It's beautiful. It is. It's just back to point, the last point. Well, and don't, just the, don't reinvent it. I mean, just sitting next to you at lunch, I was inspired. And I know I know you remember the lunch we shared. Which lunch together. was it? I don't. <laughs> it was number 350. Was I a speaker? You were a speaker. Okay. It was at one of Barb. Uh, Barb and I did the Whale Hunting Women's Oh, okay. Lunch, I remember that. Oh, yes, yeah. We sat yes. next to each other. Maybe the Columbia Club. I think I do yes. remember that. Yeah, you do mm-hmm. remember. What I've gotten from today, once again, leaving inspired, is just the humility, just the humble, and still wanting to learn. And still, I think we see so many people that reach a certain level and are kind of like, oh, that's yeah. done. Come talk to me it's about It's a journey. You're never through. It's, ne- it's never over. Well, if it's you want to keep over. winning, yeah. you're not yeah. ever through. Well, and keep you know? being successful. Right. Yeah. Right. So it's just really yeah. awesome. There's no shortcut for, for hard work. No. You know, don't underestimate the value of being prepared and working hard because everybody else is trying to get to the top. That's and only right. one can be there, and everybody else is working hard. So, you know, work hard, work smart, and work together. Yeah. yeah. We really appreciate you coming in and being a guest on the podcast today, Lynn. It's, you've been a treasure here for us, and, uh, and we're going to split this up into a couple episodes. We'll make sure you hear about when it's going to be on. Great. And uh, it was really really interesting to hear your f- focus on leadership and just the personal skills of the basketball business. It's very, very valuable. It's great to be here. This has been the Advanced Selling Podcast presented by Caskey Achievement Strategies Indianapolis. Join us each time we record a new podcast by going to iTunes, 